Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus, whether you're listening in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, anywhere in the United States, anywhere in the world. Wherever you are hearing this broadcast today, we are so glad that you are with us. You may be listening from our website. You may be listening by computer as WMAF streams uh, on the World Wide Web. You may be listening right there locally. You may be driving down the interstate uh, near Madison, Florida. Uh, but wherever you are, uh, we pray that you will stay tuned. We want to talk to you about something today from God's Word that I believe is going to bless you and it's going to enhance your fellowship relationship with the Lord and it's going to uh, it's going to enhance your prayer life praise God we we want you to have uh, what God wants you to have and that is a vital personal connection to him that uh, gives you faith when you pray that you have his ear because you already know that you have his heart Hallelujah. You know, David said, The day that I pray, my enemies turn back. For this one thing I know, God is for me. Praise God. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles in just a moment, we're going to the 14th chapter of John's Gospel on the subject, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Remember the the great Christian hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, All Our Sins and Grief to Bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, the peace we often forfeit, and oh, the needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, hymn of the faith that is putting into to poetic prose and music uh, the very, uh, very core of what should be our relationship with God. It, it is a, a fellowship relationship because we've been reconciled unto Him and we're no more called servants according to Jesus Christ. For the servant knows not what his Lord doeth. He said, but I have called you friends. It didn't begin in the new covenant because Abraham in the old covenant had the privilege of being called the friend of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Remember the Toy Story animated uh, movie that said that, that had a song that was made just for it. You got a friend in me. Well, God wants you to know today that He wants that reconciled, intimate, personal relationship where you and I, as children of God, can be called the friends of God and call God our friend. Hallelujah. Not only our God, our Creator, our Savior, our King, but our Lord, but also our friend. We might put it this way today. If you're a Christian, you've got a friend in high places. You are highly favored, therefore, and you are well defended. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to St. John's Gospel, chapter 14, on the subject, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And uh, simply 14 and verse 16 through 18. Listen to what Jesus says. He said, And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. 
even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Praise God. I will not leave you comfortless. That word comfortless means orphanous in the Greek. It means I won't leave you orphaned as if you don't have a father. You don't have a friend. I won't leave you like that. I will come to you or literally I will come back to you. We all know Jesus is coming for the church. We know there's something called the second coming of Jesus Christ. That is, both of those are future. But he said, this is going to happen. If I don't go away, the comforter can't come. But if I go away, he will send you another comforter. And and really, it, it connotates another one just like myself. And because of that, Jesus said, I will come to you. When the Holy Spirit comes to abide with you and within you, Jesus is saying, I am coming to you. See, this is how Jesus keeps his promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because he said of the Holy Spirit, he will not only be with you, but he shall be in you. This is the reason why two or more gather together. I'm there in the midst of them. Because if we as Christians come together in the name of Jesus Christ, not in the name of organizations or the name of denominations or the name of some particular preacher or pastor or evangelist, but when we come together in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we, he said, there am I, there am I. In the midst of them. Well, he's got to be in the midst because he's in you, dear friend, and he is in me because the Holy Spirit mediates and manifests the presence and person of Jesus. That's why the Bible said when the Holy Spirit comes, he won't speak of himself, but he will testify of me. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is important that we understand that we have a friend in Jesus. We have a friend in the Father, and we have a friend in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is first identified as Alan Paracletan, and it's translated another counselor, or as the King James says, another comforter. Neither of these terms really do an adequate job of identifying who the Holy Spirit really is. What does comforter make you think of? Holy Spirit is not a warm blanket to wrap yourself up in on a cold winter night. My dad uh, is from Kentucky. I was born in Kentucky, raised in, from 14 months old in Florida. Uh, but I was born in Kentucky. And my dad showed me the house where my great-grandmother lived. His grandma lived, and he loved to go to grandma's house, but he said it got so cold in the back bedroom. See, when you have a, a wood or coal fire in the living room, it doesn't reach the back bedroom at all. And he said, but she had a feather bed. Well, it was like a huge quilt with, with goose feathers or down within it, and, and they would, they would get under it, and she would warm the bed, and then she would 
cover them up when they visited he and his brothers. And he said he would wake up in the morning and he would look over and peek out from under that comforter where their body heat was keeping them all warm. And he would look over and see a glass of water uh, frozen solid by the bed. That's cold weather. Uh, But he didn't want to get out from under that warm blanket. And when I think of comforter, uh, initially, I think of that wrapping myself up in the sweetness and the love of Jesus and just <laughs> snuggling <laughs> and not wanting to come out from under that wonderful, sweet presence of God. Um, but it's more than a blanket, a wooby to wrap up yourself in on a cold winter night. Neither does Jesus want us to just think of the Holy Spirit as someone who will try to make us feel better in the most difficult times. So why does the King James describe the Holy Spirit as another comforter? Because it comes from the Latin influence, even though it's in Greek, in which comforter means to come alongside with strength. To come alongside with strength. That's a lot closer to what Jesus had in mind. When he used that term, I'll give you another comforter, and through him I will come to you. What do you think of when you hear counselor? Jesus had much more in mind than just someone who will provide a listening ear and and offer correct advice. Perhaps you may think of a legal counselor or an advocate who represents an individual before a court. Jesus was communicating much more to his disciples than just our modern understanding of counselor or comforter. The Bible said the Father will send another friend, literally. I believe this comes a little closer to Jesus' intention. A real friend loves you. A real friend will not abandon you in the midst of difficulty. Like a comforter, a friend will encourage you. A friend will be beside you with strength right when it's needed most. Like a counselor, a friend will take time to listen and hear your deepest secrets. A friend will offer you wise advice and provide help with difficult decisions. A friend won't leave you. (laughs) A friend won't forsake you because the Bible said in the Old Testament, a friend loveth at all times. Even if you fail a true friend, they will not leave you. And Jesus promised, I will never leave you. And it's in the emphatic when he said that in the New Testament, I will never, no, never leave you, nor forsake you. Praise God. Amen. Comforter, counselor, friend, each of these help to identify who the Holy Spirit is. But there is more when, when, when then, who then is the Holy Spirit that Jesus said the Father would send? Jesus said the Father would send Alan Paracletan. That is the Greek. Alan is literally another of the same kind. Paracletan or paraclete is one called alongside as a helper or advocate. So Jesus is really telling us, that we will receive from the Father another helper, counselor, comforter, or a friend just like Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you know, I, I've, I've, uh, 
I, I, I can't emphasize enough what it means to be reconciled unto God. To have the, the God of the universe, the judge of all flesh, as our friend. To have the Christ of glory as our friend. Uh, I just want to, I want to, I want to sing the song, but I don't want you to turn the channel, so I'm going to say the song. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, the peace we often forfeit. Oh, the needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And I'm convinced the reason we do not commit people and circumstances and burdens and pressures and problems and brokenness to God is because we don't see Him as the friend that He wants to be. You know, if I've got a close friend, I can pour out my heart to them. And I know they will listen with a compassionate ear. And if we could only understand God's desire to not only forgive us, but to befriend us. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe our prayer life. You see, we've kind of made faith uh, the, the do-all in prayer. And faith is really born out of a trust relationship. And when we trust the Lord, uh, because we understand and appreciate the fact that He loves us, and He draws near, He doesn't draw back when we call upon Him. David had uh, an understanding even in the Old Covenant before the cross. He even understood that God wanted a relationship with him. Amen. Because he said, I love the Lord because he hears my cry. I love the Lord because he hears my prayer. I love the Lord because he hears my voice turning his ear always to me. Literally, the translator of the Hebrew said, He bends down and listens when I pray. You know, some of our little Sunday school kids, are they don't even come to my waist hardly. And not because I'm tall, but because they're so short. And they come up sometimes and they want the pastor uh, to give them a hug. And they want to tell me something or show me something that they that they did in Sunday school. Sometimes they draw a picture of me. <laughs> I have a beard, so I'm easy to to make a caricature of. Uh, and they come and, and and they come close to me, and and they're looking up at me, and I know that they want to tell me something. And I bend down to listen. Now I'm not in that adult world. I'm not in that world where I'm talking about important things to important people. Now I'm taking time. For that little person to give them my personal attention. David said the God of the universe turns his ear to me. He bends down and listens when I pray. If we could see spiritually, if we had that concept crystallized in our heart, and we could understand that God loves us that much, and particularly and especially because of what Jesus has done for you and me at the cross, God can now send His Holy Spirit to us. And through the Holy Spirit, Christ comes to us. And through the Holy Spirit, God abides 
resides within us. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the, and the, the Godhead, three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has made our human body His holy temple upon the earth. Praise God. He wanted to be and has made a way to be that personal, that close, and that intimate with you and with me. It is said in olden times uh, uh, that uh, there reigned in Persia a great monarch, Shah Abbas, who loved his people. To though them more perfectly, he used to mingle with them in various disguises. One day, disguised as a poor man, he went to the public baths, and there in the tiny cellar he sat beside the fireman who tended his furnace. At mealtime, he shared the coarse food and talked to the lonely fireman as a friend. As the king visited the lowly fireman again and again, the stranger began to love his guest. One day, the king revealed his true identity to the fireman, thinking his new friend would ask some gift from him. The fireman surprised the king with these words, You left your palace and your glory to sit with me in this dark place, to eat of my coarse food, and to share my joy and my sorrows. On others you may bestow rich presents, but to me you have given yourself. It only remains for me to pray that you never withdraw the gift of your friendship. Praise God. I want to submit to you today that Jesus was and is like this king. We can be just like that fireman. Our great riches in the Lord is His friendship and His favor. When Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, He revealed a sacred friendship covenant, a promise of one devoted to another. Friend of mine today, Christ will not fail you in the time of trouble. Even if your heart is overwhelmed, you can cry unto Him and He will help you. You will overcome because you have a friend in Jesus Christ. You have a friend in God the Father and you have Alan. Paracletan, you have the Comforter abiding with you and within you forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, sometimes heaven seems so far away. We use the term heaven seemed brass. In other words, we couldn't penetrate our prayers, our needs couldn't penetrate this distant place and this distant God. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Even though heaven is far away from the earth, far above, Paul talked of being caught up into third heaven, some place beyond the rocket's uh, ability to reach and, and all of our greatest telescopes, the ability to, to see. Somewhere out there in the endless, infinite universe, there is a planet or a place. Hallelujah. And God sits up a, a holy city on that place. And it can seem so distant. And God can seem so far away 
when, especially when we're under pressure, when we're facing problems, when our emotions are, are torn and our hearts are broken and fear is trying to grip us. But I want you to know, according to the Word of God, God said, I'm not going to stay high in my heaven. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to come to where you are. Oh, the veil was rent. Not just so we could go behind the veil and approach the Holy of Holies in prayer, but so God could come from behind that veil and come to you and come to me. You see, what Jesus did on the cross, dear friend, was so powerful and so wonderful. Hallelujah. That the God of glory with all of His holiness could come and make His abode with you and with me. And to literally live within us and our, our human body with all of its frailties and faults could become the temple of God and the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This still overwhelms me today. This is, this is something I take by faith because my mind cannot fathom it. It's, it's beyond, this is beyond just an old sinner being forgiven and God sitting still high in His heaven and that sinner sitting way down here upon the earth in some corner of where God, of God's peripheral. No, friend. God wants to come to us today to make Himself known and to make Himself real. He's wanted that restored relationship that was broken in the garden when sin came. You know, the Bible said of ancient Israel and their covenant with God, My ears are not heavy that they cannot hear. Mine eyes are not dim that they cannot see. My arm is not short that it cannot reach you. But your sin has separated between you and your God. Oh, friend, but that issue, God wanted that, that sin problem solved and resolved. And His plan was to send His Son to go to the cross and take the punishment for our sin that He might be just and a justifier of them that put their trust in Jesus Christ, repenting of their sin, so that we could be reconciled unto God. The just, the Scripture said, is suffered for the unjust, not just to get us to heaven. Heaven is the byproduct of reconciliation. Heaven is a place He's prepared because He, he loves us enough. He wants to live with us and us to live with Him literally, physically, forever. Hallelujah. But until then, He said, Now you qualify for Me to come to you and to be with you and to be within you. Praise God. This is far more than just having our sins forgiven. Don't ever just see yourself as an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. I was an old sinner. Everyone that is saved by grace was an old sinner. But we have been saved by grace. But now we are the sons of God, the daughters of God. We have been brought into His royal family. Hallelujah. And we are called something so much more than we 
often see ourselves as the very friends of God, the very friends of Jesus Christ, the friend of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. In Aesop's fable of the bear and the two travelers, goes like this. Two men were traveling together when a bear suddenly met them on their path. One of them climbed up quickly into a tree and concealed himself in the branches. The other, seeing that he must be attacked, fell flat on the ground. When the bear came up and felt him with his snout and smelt him all over, he held his breath and feigned the appearance of death as much as he could. The bear soon left him because he thought he was already dead. When he was quite gone, the other traveler descended from the tree and, and jokingly inquired of his friend what it was the bear had whispered in his ear. He gave me this advice, his companion replied, Never travel with a friend who deserts you at the approach of danger. Misfortune tests the sincerity of a friend, but there is one friend who will never betray you, never abandon you, who will always draw near. See, that's what David said in Psalm 46 and verse 1. God is our refuge, and God is our strength, a very present help. Not that just He will help, but He is already there. He draws near when trouble draws near. He draws near when it seems like He is so distant and so far away. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And because of this nearness that David knew God was close to him when he felt, and maybe it seemed circumstantially like God was so far away, so disenchanted and so disinvolved with him, <laughs> hallelujah, but he knew something in his heart of hearts and soul of souls. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. He said, Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. Hallelujah. Friend, this is not a little problem. This is that big event, that great crisis that comes, that is bigger than we are, that is totally overwhelming to us. And that's when God is the closest to us. David said. And when we see that, and we know that, and we comprehend it and apprehend it, then our prayer life becomes something more than just trying to get a prayer all the way from this earth into the distant heavens to a distant God, but to a God who is right there with us, right there beside us, a friend. And the Bible said, there, and I always think of Jesus. There's no reference in a reference Bible directly to Christ, but I can't help but think of Jesus when I read it in the Old Covenant, where it says, And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There is a friend that has a, a relationship, a bond that is closer than, than a brother or a sister, 
all brothers and sisters don't always get along, and some of them have that wonderful bond, but a lot of them have not. Ah, but there's a friend, there's a true friend that sticks closer than a brother because it is a covenant, it is a bond of love. So when Jesus said, I will never love you, leave you, nor forsake you, he revealed a sacred friendship, a sacred friendship covenant, a promise of one devoted to another. God wanting to show His desire to have that kind of relationship, even in the old covenant, told Abraham I, that, that, that He wanted a relationship with Him where Abraham could be called the friend of God. Hallelujah. Because He put His trust in Him. He believed Him. And God said, that's how friends operate. That's how friends respond and react to one another. And when you put your trust in the Lord, without leaning to your own understanding, an unequivocal trust in God, you are showing that you consider Him your dear friend. Hallelujah. And that's where faith really should have its foundation and underpinning is in a reconciled friendship, fellowship, relationship with God. Well, we love you today. Our time is almost gone. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will come to Him. Come to Him as an old sinner repenting of your sin. Ah, but come to Him and know that He's going to pardon your sin and He's going to be your friend from this day forward. Take you through this world and take you to heaven when this world is over. So would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.